Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air. And good afternoon, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Hi there. I have an announcement here, unless you want to start us in a different direction. No, please. Okay, great. If you're already meditating in the morning or wish to start, enjoy the extra support of meditating with Sangha with virtual meditation groups. The 30-minute conference call meditation sessions happen seven days a week. For a complete schedule and for other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And I want to encourage folks to get in the queue also, Ashwini. Yes, Michael. Thank you. Yep. And a few reminders for tonight. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show and get in the queue. And a conversation on one topic, please. And about five minutes is great. Okay, I think we're ready here, Ashwini. Okay. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. It's Miriam. Hi, Miriam. Hey, Miriam. Hi. Oh, I've been seeing so much, so much, so much. Um, so one of the big things I saw was not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before the workshop, um, I put myself in the queue. And I had to, for some reason, I, my stomach was, oh my God, it was just awful. And I sat with my hands between my knees not to take myself out of the queue for like the first 10 or 15 minutes. And as the show went on, someone came on and spoke about kind of like being a deer in the headlights. And I thought, well the deer doesn't do it on purpose to get caught in the headlights, but I do. I, I put myself in the queue. <laughs> and so as the uh -huh. show went on, I made a point of taking my hands out from clasping them from between my knees and putting them on the armrest of the chair. But every time I could tell the conversation was winding down, oh, it was just the impulse to take myself out of the queue when I could tell that it was about to be the next caller. And this lasted for about an hour. And then I said, to, I heard in my head, it's like I, I, I have the willingness and the courage to show up for these opportunities. So why do I feel like this? And it just dawned on me that having the courage and the willingness to show up is is one thing it's like taking the hand that life extends to come out on the dance floor but once I'm out on the dance floor I have to be there for every step also mm -hmm. uh -huh. so let me let me make sure I'm tracking the insight because I'm glad you landed there right so the experience you're having is you sign up for the email you sign up for the email class you submit the responses you show up for the workshop on Sunday and you put yourself in the queue and what you watch when you put yourself in the queue is what you described as the sensation of the pit of the stomach, which is equivalent to the impulse of taking yourself out of the queue, uh, taking yourself out of the queue, right? Like a deer in the headlights. So you're sitting on your hands, and be, because there is such a, uh, 
uh, a level of uh, momentum, we could say, in the implicit conversation that's urging you to get out of what you just did, which was put yourself mm-hmm. in the queue, follow the life impulse. And so the insight is, yes, there is courage and willingness to show up, but it doesn't, it's, it's courage and willingness to show up for every step, which is mm. the important point, right? Mm-hmm. Because wherever you show up, conditioning is going to meet you there to prevent you from going further mm-hmm. or from staying here. And so it's important to recognize that, uh, that the practice of transcendence continues because you're met at every place by the thing that's going to stop you. Mm-hmm. So you have to continue the dance in every step because there is no showing up for the dance. It's showing up for the step, not mm-hmm. not for the dance, right? And there's a distinction mm-hmm. in those two things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I would project, right, Miriam, I mean, I, I, you're going to be curious about this because that's what we're about, right? The spirit of inquiry and spirit of curiosity. And so the, the, to, to be in the inquiry around it, because I project putting yourself in the queue is something that you do often, and sometimes you have the experience you had couple of Sundays ago and sometimes you don't right mm-hmm. is that true well I usually have it to some varying degree mm-hmm. um, and it's so funny because when I heard Michael say oh I would encourage callers to put themselves in the queue it went to oh no I'm going to be unmuted <laughs> so, mm-hmm. right. yeah. but you want to mm-hmm. be clear about where, what that is right yeah so when you mm-hmm. said I am doing what puts me in, in the deer and the headlight situation and the deer doesn't, that's mm-hmm. not really true, right? Because the impulse to put yourself in the queue and participate is the life impulse. Mm-hmm. Now, you're encountering something that, that resists that impulse, but that impulse is not you. That's the conditioned reaction to putting yourself in the queue. Mm-hmm. So it's being done to you. You're not doing it. That's really, really important to recognize, right? Mm-hmm. So in addition to the insight about having to be there for every step of the dance, we also have to be really, really clear that what does not want us to dance is not me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the bound, it's, the, it's that place where, uh, where you, you, you encounter the ego. So that encounter, it, that experience of intense sensations that is forcing you to, forcing your hand, if you will, to unmute yourself, I mean, to get yourself out of the queue, that's not you. It's important to get that, mm-hmm. which is why you stay in the queue. Because if you get that, you're going to stay with sitting on your hands and going, nope, not letting you take me out of the queue, not let me, letting you take me out of the queue, but I'm not doing that. And the other thing I saw was that how uh, so I kind of, I call that challenging ego's dictates, but I'm mm-hmm. seeing, I'm starting to see a little more clearly how maybe it's a bamboozle because I'm, I'm challenging ego's dictates to challenge ego's dictates to say, well, if you say I can't do this, then I'm going to do it uh, in, in the practice sense. Um, but I'm seeing how that's not maybe quite the right um, the the awareness practitioner approach in in if I could I don't know if I'm making myself clear but it's just like I'm challenging ego to challenge ego 
but I'm not going further than that. And that's what I started seeing uh-huh. this week. Mm. Uh-huh. So I think it's what we were talking about in the last, in the latest guided imagery of the email class. I think that's what mm-hmm. you're pointing to, right? Uh, so the, the, it's either the divorce from uh, ego or the love of mm-hmm. life, right? And that's what mm-hmm. you're pointing to as a process. So if, what, if I'm taking on ego from an ego place, or in mm-hmm. another way of saying it is, uh, the identity that says you can't tell me what to do is what puts itself in the queue, then it's still an identity. There is no mm-hmm. transcendence. And I think that's what you're seeing, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a place of how in practice where awareness is, is that, that if, I, if I, what I'm choosing is not to go with ego, if, I come, if that comes from an identification of rebelliousness, then the identification is not transcended. So you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So if I'm yeah. in a love affair with life, I'm just going to say yes to life. And in the process of saying yes to life, I'm saying no to ego. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't come from an identification. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never had a relationship end well. So this is really new to me um, to just drop ego and date life, if you will. <laughs> so it's, it's, really, um, it's really challenging, but it's so much fun. It is, and we don't need to make conclusions like that, right? Mm. How do mm. you know that? And how, is this, how does that apply in this practice of awareness? The curiosity is, my past experience of relationship is applicable to this situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe yes, maybe no. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. it, it is great, great fun. It really is when... Uh, when when you're out of that maelstrom of um, well suffering, uh, and just just to get that just that little glimpse is so hopeful and life affirming and and fun. It really is fun. Yes. Well, and and I think not to belabor the point, right? Again, the the assumption is that if it's intense, then it's not good, but mm-hmm. it's it's through the intent. We learn to be with the intensity in the context of unconditional love, right? It's not mm-hmm. that I'm going to ever get to a place where it's going to be no relationship, if we want to, if we want to generalize it, is, not, is without, without encounter, right? Because we mm-hmm. learn something in the encounter. Mm-hmm. So if ego is, to take the example of the, of the Q situation, until I put myself in the queue and see what everything that goes on for me around putting myself in the queue, I'm not going to be free to put myself in the queue without suffering. Mm-hmm. So that encounter is an opportunity, right? The yeah. intensity is as much a part of the, of the practice as the encounter is part of the practice as the moment of transcendence. You can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. So it's why Sherry was encouraging us in that imagery for the email assignment is to fall in love with the process of awakening, mm-hmm. right? That's what's mm-hmm. fun. It doesn't matter that I get identified. It doesn't matter that it feels awful to be in suffering. It, it doesn't matter that I have the glimpse of the insight maybe once every three days. That's, that's all fine because what I'm, what I'm in love with is the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
anyway, it's been um, oh, life-changing and transformative and always so much gratitude. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. We always get to that, don't we? We're oh, so yes. lucky. Very lucky. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you. Gasho. Thanks for joining us, Miriam. And Ashwini, I was I was going there right with you in that conversation in the love affair with life and keeping the focus on that rather than always what is conditioning up to and what does that mean and all of that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. We learn, don't we? It's a good it's a good teacher in some sense of the words. <laughs> Causes us to pay attention. Yes. Yes. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hi, uh, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. It's Todd uh, calling from British Columbia. Hey, Todd. Hey, Todd. Hey. Um, <laughs> doing cute practice. Um, don't really have anything specific that uh, I wanted to talk about. Um, but as Sherry's often says, and you often say, life uh, always has something to say. So I'll see what arises. And I was just wrapping up my last reflective listening buddy call today, and was was noticing, um, uh, and it's been talked about uh, on other for, uh, forums, but. I noticed a little bit of attachment that always happens at the end of end of the session, at the end of the quarter. And in Buddhism, there's as, always as we as we refer to in the program, we fall in love with our buddy. Yeah, right? yeah. We don't want to let then, them go. Mm-hmm. And then we're encouraged to own the projections uh, of our buddy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is always a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. But you do, um, you know, you spend um, three months with someone weekly. Um, and it's an intimacy that's very difficult to explain because the intimacy that I'm most familiar with until up to a lot of practice was conditional intimacy in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that is so much different than the intimacy I experience um, in the Reflective Listen Body program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and what I hear you say also, right, Todd, that there's a whether you're if you're on retreat for seven days with somebody, or uh-huh. you're on an RLB call for three months, it's the same thing, right? Because the intimacy is created by the privileged environment. Yeah. 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 But, and it has there's so many dimensions to it. There's safety and there's um, no ego and mm-hmm. uh, there's a depth of looking, right? And a depth mm-hmm. of um, authenticity that is revealed in that looking and it's sacred in the sense of the space. I mean, just all of the dimensions we talk about on RLB support calls as well as, uh, you know, everywhere else around the privileged environment. Yeah, it's it's very, very special. Yeah, it's really, really special. And as you were saying that, what what dropped in was um, Sherry said that we're so... uh, fortunate in this practice by honoring and maintaining the prose environment, we have that opportunity to not have to go ego to ego, but heart to heart. Mm-hmm. 
and that's such a rarity in 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 my experience in the outside world or outside of of practice that so few interactions feel heart to heart because ego mm -hmm. just is um it feels like it's so pervasive <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. it's so pervasive yeah. in in most of my um social interactions and it, mm -hmm. it you know and that's yeah, why and it's, it, it's yeah go ahead yeah no, it's no. so per so the the heart to heart connection is really what it is, what what uh the privileged environment and sangha interactions model right yeah. and so that's hard to ha that's not easily available in the world and that's yeah. an interesting practice place right Todd because yeah. the the it's the hafiz poem everybody wants uh everybody wants you to say i love you or <laughs> yeah. something like yeah. that right right and so yeah. there is that that um that that granted the what what we experience in an rlb call is not easy to duplicate in the in a in the world where it's not structured that way so there is a yeah. reality of the structure that allows for mm -hmm. the experience and then yeah. there is a way in which to have that experience by having that interaction with ourselves by keeping the privileged environment because i project that uh when what happens in uh in sort of like the outside world where we encounter the ego is that we get we go to ego as well so it's harder yeah and we get triggered by that encounter and so yeah. it's uh, so even if if i let's presume i'm coming with the intention of keeping an open heart and seeking mm. a heart to heart connection yeah. that encounter is 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 a rub right yes and so it's really hard to stay in the heart very challenging very challenging yes. yeah yes. yeah i went to a a canadian thanksgiving dinner last night and with about 30 people and i i knew about 10 of them and 20 were new new people that i'd never met before introductions of friends of friends and um and i i think i mentioned this before but the best way that i can uh, set and keep that intention of heart to heart is using facilitation tools of of reflecting back or drawing out or clarifying the conversation and and that really assists me in not getting hooked in ego to ego mhm mm yes. it it feels It's like the facilitation tools give me that ability to step back a little bit from ego and and be a little more present in what life is offering in that interaction with people especially people that i've yes. just met people that don't know me yes. i don't know them and so cuz i always find right away ego is exploring of is this a safe interaction and there's a lot of questions of who are you what do you do you know why are you here how do you know the host you know i always find that's very fascinating Mm -hmm. Yes, it is fascinating, and it's a workshop. And you're it's absolutely totally. right because I, I think what you're pointing to, essentially, in using facilitation in interaction, and the, the tools of facilitation in interaction, is that the facilitation is designed to keep you out of the picture, and I mean you, the ego, right? Yes. So yes. the reason we experience a heart-to-heart -heart connection in an RLB practice is because there is no ego. There's no ego on your side, and there's no ego on the other person's yeah. side, right? I know. Yeah. Of, of awareness. Yes. But the point that you're making is so important is, is Sherry it was it's been in several of Sherry's responses to the email class 
But if attention yes. is completely here, then, and in fact, it was in, the assign, in our year-long assignment too, there is no, nothing left over, no one left over to connect with. Mm-hmm. And that's what the facilitation does, right? That's why yeah. it's a complete heart-to-heart co- connection because there is nothing except the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a totally yeah. non-separate place. If I'm, if I'm not there, then the reaction can be, can be a total heart experience, which is a slightly different, you know, in the heart-to-heart experience. But we don't notice that, right? Because we're so completely heart. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just over the many, many, many quarters that I've done reflective listening, it, it, it has really assisted me into um, uh, hone that ability to, facil- to be uh, positioned where I can facilitate fairly gracefully without it seem, seem strange to somebody who, who, uh, who has no idea what I'm doing. Right. Yes. It feels, it, exactly. I've done it for, for so long now, Ashwini, it actually is a natural interaction. Uh, and, and like you said, it does kind of get back to that level of heart-to-heart and it doesn't feel forced or it doesn't feel yes. manipulated. It's not self-conscious. And it yeah, there you go. That's what I was looking for. So, yeah, self-conscious, which in the beginning it was because I was so new to reflective listening. I was new to the practice and everything was so, so new and the language and that. But uh, as time goes on, we, we are able to master the skills a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it becomes yeah. intuitive and very natural and it's all, it's a technique that comes from a place of presence and no yeah. ego. It's not about right. you. So yeah. there it is. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Good night. Thanks, Michael. Good night. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Todd. And Ashwini, what kept dropping in for me in that conversation was the privileged environment and what a unique and incredibly valuable, uh, what's the word, environment for us to to interact in. And, you know, I've, I've been practicing for a while and there's a sense of taking it for granted and when you were talking about it there, it's just like, oh my goodness. It's like um, it creates that safe space that allows us to all be together and no room for the ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it does take something like RLP or being on retreat or um, interacting with Sangha uh, to, to, to recognize that, that we work really hard at it, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Ashwini, we're going to break for a good news update, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. And Jen, I'm turning it over to you for a good news update. Thanks, Michael. And welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Jan, who is here to speak with us about her experience of fundraising for the project in Africa as part of her spiritual practice. Welcome, Jan. Thanks, Jan. I'm excited to be here to talk about it. Yeah, thank you. So I know you've been in an annual rhythm with this for quite some time. Um, and given that it's Bridgewalk season now, we thought it would be fun to hear from you 
about what your experience of inviting friends and family to participate is and how that is part of your spiritual practice. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's great to be invited to do that because, of course, it gets me to look at how that's worked, yeah. how that's been part yeah. of my spiritual practice. Um, and I guess I'll just start by saying we, our family, was lucky enough to visit Cantalomba in uh, 2009. And that was an amazing experience. And it was from that experience that... Um, my husband and I started, send it, started to send out an annual letter to friends, asking them, mm. to, uh, telling them about the program, our excitement about it, mm. our experience with mm-hmm. it, and asking you know, if mm. they'd like to be part of that. So that's how it all started. And what's been mm-hmm. fascinating to watch over the years is, no matter how it goes, um, meaning the fundraising itself, the process that mm-hmm. I go through every year is the same. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want me to touch on that before? Please, sure, absolutely. Yeah, well, it's just because it, what I saw in looking at that, it's the same. It doesn't matter what the content is. And this happens to be yeah. fundraising for Cantalomba, but uh, mm-hmm. for me, when the season starts, there is that part that comes up that says, oh, no, not this again. Oh, I, I hate writing fundraising letters. People don't want right. to hear from you. They're, you know, basically that it's about me. But that's all coming uh-huh. out of the oh. so Yeah, brilliant just, catch. That really is the, yeah, that's well, the, that's the bottom line theme of it, isn't it? It's about me. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, which, I mean, who wants to do that, right? And, right, and so exactly. anyway, that's no re- recognizing that for what it is and that it comes up every year, yep. that I expect it to be there, um, there is the discomfort and all, and I can almost predict how that's the conversation's going to go. And then what I've learned to do, which is the delight of the whole thing, is to just immerse myself in what I want, or another way I look at it, is falling in love with the project again by going to the website, reading the articles, looking at the photos, looking, reading about the co-op members, the girls program. Um, I mean, that, again, that's the content, but it's that immersion into where the love is. Oh, completely. I mean, in one sense, it's the content, but really, it's it's the process, isn't it? That's such a beautiful insight, because it's exactly how practice works. First of all, yeah. the whole thing started when you got to have a direct experience of the project. So mm-hmm. let's face it, you do have an unfair advantage, because <laughs> there, is, there is nothing like having a direct experience, and I truly wish everyone could and we're always looking for ways i mean i don't know when the next time any of us is going to be able to go to africa because of you know so many world circumstances and that sort of thing but that that insight of realizing okay so when that resistance comes up it's just like with any practice okay what i need to do is immerse myself in the experience focus the attention back here and so with this particular opportunity the way you do that is you go to the website and you get you immerse yourself in it and you fall in love with the project again. Yeah. It really, it, it, I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, it doesn't feel simple when I'm hearing all that story going on from conditioning, sure. but yeah. Um, yeah. the immersion, it, it's such, uh, it really is like being immersed in love. Um, and, and then it's a case of waiting for life's prompts of what am I going to do with that? How am I going to express mm-hmm. that? 
to friends that would that might prompt them to want to support it and be in love with it as much as we are. Um, so and that, and so different things come out of it every year. Um, mm. And you know, one year it was a yard sale with another sangha member. We've done a, a reception mm. for people that have given that, and things always get in the way. We were having this re- reception, and you know, hardly anyone could come. And I thought, oh my god! <laughs> so we invited a ton of other people that had not had not mm. given in the past. And it opens up to me. Uh-huh. So I guess the point in, in mentioning uh, some of those is so just waiting for what life, the circumstance, yeah. life, and then being open to, okay, now now life, what do we do? Uh, in that case, we invited more people. In the yard sale, we changed it from what we started. Um, yeah. It's just been all kinds of very fun things. But in the moment, it you know there would be those, as was mentioned earlier, or deers in the headlights, but we're used yes, to it. Yes, exactly. We're exactly, we're used to it. We know to expect that, right? For many, many of us, the very first thing, that the first ego's first line of defense is, I don't want to, I don't feel like it, right? Yeah. And so we know that's going to come up. Of course that's going to come up. And then we do what you do, which is we, we bring ourselves to the experience of, what, well, why do I want to do this? What is it? And we connect back with that. It's just yeah. such a it's such a perfect approach. And you know, the other thing, Jan, I don't know if this is well, I I do in some sense. No, this is your experience because I know that you've really um, done a lot for the project. That you know, we have that voice in our head that says, "Oh, people don't want to hear from you," as you pointed at, and they don't want to, you know, this again. But it's so so many people express gratitude for being able to give to something like this, that that's what oh actually happened. Yes. I, that's one thing I didn't want to forget to mention is there are so many friends that when, <laughs> when the letter goes out or whatever, you know, however that's going to show up for that particular year, they, when they contribute, they say thank you for making this available yeah. to us. Because they wouldn't have known otherwise. And it, it goes, right. I mean, it's, it's it's showing you know conditioning lies over and over again because the response right. even if people don't give it's thanks for that opportunity exactly and I think that's a piece of it you you touched on this and I know this is definitely my experience that it's always an invitation I'm not mm-hmm. asking someone to do something I'm inviting someone to participate with me if they're moved to do that yeah. And Jim, you know, one other thing I wanted to mention is I also am inspired by what other Sangha members have done over the years, that that they've been inspired Mm -hmm. to, you know, make jewelry and sell it, to do plant sales, uh, walks, you know, having a walk sponsors or run or bike or whatever it is. And all of that is inspiring, too. So it's, and for me this year, it's Teresa's book, Teresa and Tony's book, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited mm-hmm. to send out to friends and to share that because to me yeah. that is just a, a beautiful example of the project. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I just, it's so special and so extraordinary on so many levels. I mean, it's a beautiful book. It's written by Teresa and it's the first book ever that those kids have in their hands that show their life, you know, and, and I feel like that's something that just about everybody can really see the significance of that 
and be moved to, you know, really understand how how important that is and how um, transformative that is. Absolutely. And the other thing I think it does, or at least it has for me, is it puts me right there in the community of what life is a touch of what life is like. And uh, yes, good point. Been, yeah, terrifically valuable too. Yeah. Yeah, and I do want to underline what you said a few minutes ago about the how fun it is to hear from different folks in the Sangha about what ideas they've done over the years and that connecting that up with the piece of how it sounds like for you each year a piece of it is just letting life drop in. What's the angle this year? How do I how is it going to come together this year? What's going to be the particular thing this year? And that that can be a fun process, that can be a creative process, that can be a letting things unfold process instead of something I have to do and I don't want to do it and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, something that just brings to is sometimes I find, and, and I think this is certainly from conditioning trying to weasel its way in, but where there is impatience in waiting for life's prompts, but I've learned mm-hmm. over the years to be patient. <laughs> And if it doesn't, if it's not coming from the heart, if I'm not excited about sending out or doing whatever we're going to do, I wait. And life never disappoints. Yeah. Amen to that, Jan. I'm so glad you said that. I was having that experience just recently. So that's on my, you know, writing my letter is on my master list. And it's been there for, you know, a number of weeks now. And I look at it, and, okay, I'm not feeling the nudge, not feeling, and it just dropped in a couple of days ago, oh, I get it, I see why that hasn't come together. There are some things coming up that are going to work together that I can put into that letter, and so it makes perfect sense that that letter hasn't been written yet because it isn't time, and there's no timeline to it. There's no timeline. Yeah. It will come together when it comes together, and that will be the perfect time for it. Right. Oh, so true. <laughs> Anyway, the fun of it, you know, we've been in the email class, fun has been the focus. And I, what part of, for me, when it's not fun, I just wait and I, and I immerse myself yes. more. <laughs> and yes. then it's fun. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. 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 Because you know it's going to be fun. When it's coming from here, it's going to be fun. Okay, great. So exactly. we'll get here and have the fun. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's coming from love. I mean, to me, the project is all about love. Yeah. I mean, the Africa project, everything yeah. is done. It's oh, all about amen. that. And that's where I want, it that's is. what I, it, I have to be in that place to, to share that. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. That's what we were talking about last week when Tridevi and I were talking about the fun and the play of being in Cantalomba and really saying, you know, we didn't set out to have a development project that's, you know, we're not development people. It was love. It mm. is love. That's the whole mm. project is just love, just a manifestation of love. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, Jan, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon to talk about your experience. Oh, well, thanks for the invitation, Jen. Mm. All right. So happy. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you and Ashwini. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Jan. And welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, I love that conversation. And I had a big aha when they were talking about that conditioning makes it all about me in the Mm -hmm. fundraising approach. 
And mm -hmm. it's not. It's about the girls and the girls program mm -hmm. and the girls in the nursing program. And mm -hmm. it's not about me. <laughs> yes. Well, and such a useful redirect, right, Michael? Yes. That when I'm in there thinking about, oh, God, I don't want to send a love letter and what are people going to think about me? When I redirect to the fact that, no, it's not about me, there's a way in which I can, I can, I'm relating to the task, which is from love, and which is not about ego, and then things become available that, don't, that are not available when it's all about me. Yes. It's just an experience of resistance. Yeah. Yes. And there you go. Aha. Good. Now, now it's, I, I love what Jen said too, right? Then it becomes an invitation. It's the same thing as the self-discipline we're, we're exploring in the year long where I get to be who I am no matter what is the definition of the self-discipline we're practicing in awareness. And so what do I choose to be? I choose to be, the per I choose to be love in action. <laughs> and so from love in action, I can, I can invite people to participate with me in, to be love in action. They can say yes or they can say no. That has nothing to do with me and nothing to do with the program. Yes. Yes, definitely. And we have another caller here. Wonderful, thank you. Next caller. Hello, Michael. Hello, you're now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Ashwini. Hello, Michael. This is Anne from England. Hi, Anne. Hi, Anne. Hi, I've got my earphones on. Can you hear me clearly? You're a little bit soft, but I can be audible. Okay, I'll tell you what I'll do, if you bear with me one second. Uh, just one second, please. Ashwini, I think she just dropped. Okay. Um, why don't we just, if she's back online, let's try to get her in. Okay, one second here. Okay, let me try her again here. Hi, Michael. Okay. Hi, Ashwini. Is that better? That's good. Yes, thank you. Hi, is that better? Sorry. My headphones are Wonderful. just going crystal clear. Crazy. <laughs> thank you for bearing with me. I appreciate it. Um, I'm just um, reporting back from our conversation a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yes, I can hear you. Con reporting back okay. from our conversation and a few weeks oh, ago. In that conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And you had um, instructed me um, on how to make sure I wasn't flatlining. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, I can and, hear um, you, Anne. Go so, ahead. So uh, that has really worked. I'm basically okay. And so it's been uh, just an opening of the floodgates, and I haven't stopped crying for since that conversation. And um, it's been really such a relief because I hadn't realised how much I was holding in. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, so 
thank you for that. It's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's very yes. painful, but I, um, also very <laughs> cathartic. I project very cathartic. Yeah, very. And, um, well, and there's know, a lot. What, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just want to reflect that, right? Because when we um, when we we're, we are getting in touch with what's going on for us, it's being it's a very present experience versus that ego place which wants to comp- wants to repeat the story over and over again in order for us to be miserable, right? This is very different. It's very different to be recording in the right hand, in uh, from it, through with the and the attempt being to get in touch with what is being repressed or suppressed by the conditioning. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's really helped me. Thank you. And as a result, I've got so much energy in the body. I feel like I'm on fire and I'm buzzing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh-huh. really lit up. Just really lit up. And um, normally, when I'm when I've been like that in the past, I would try and dissipate it by running or cycling. But I've just sat with it and just enjoyed mm-hmm. the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yes, because that is what we, it's sort of, it seems logical, right, that when ego suppresses all of that life force and sort of leeches it for itself, when we, when we get, when we stop the suppression, all of that energy becomes freed up and, and we're conditioned to not be able to contain that level of energy. And so that's what we practice, expanding the container of awareness is how we say it in practice. And that's what you're doing. You sit with it. You sit with it and you become, you, you sort of grow the ability to contain the energy. Yeah, it's not uncomfortable. It's not like that conditioned necessity to somehow go back to the familiarity of flatline. You can just have the feeling of being on fire. Yes, and uh, I, I just sit by the pond for two hours and just stay lit up. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, wonderful. twinkle, twinkle and twinkle and twinkle. <laughs> yeah, uh, this incredible amount of happiness and joy in my body, yes. just bursting with joy. Yes. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. But no, you know, yes. I still have and all the, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going, I think, where you were going. Go ahead. I still have all the difficulties with my relationship. That's not changed, but somehow... It's not that it doesn't matter, but it's that I can hold everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's so beautifully stated. We have all of whatever is going on at the content level, but the difference is that we have the ability to hold it all. And I, and I project that we, we talk about this in the context, right? We've moved from the, from the ego process, which is there's something wrong with this and it shouldn't be happening, to the context is in well-being in which something is happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. It's, I've not been in that place before where I can hold up everything, and it's lovely. Mm-hmm. It is lovely. And it gives us such an important, I mean, we get so much from that experience. It's the experience we're not meant to have, right? That, that I'm completely adequate to my life circumstances, that there is the ability for the context of well-being, which is unconditional. That's the thing we're never supposed to get which is why we avoid all the time, right? Everything is to be avoided or suppressed, repressed, 
run away from, avoided, ignored, swept under the carpet. I don't want to confront anything because that's what the ego conditioning is. Because if I face it and I go through it, just as you did, then I get to the other side of it in the realization of what a different experience my life can be with all of the undulations in it. Yeah. And I feel like a warrior, Ashwini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can trust your feelings. <laughs> so um, that's all the good news. I've just got one slight little thing that I could do with a little bit of suggestions from you. Um, okay. If that's okay. Um, a lot of anger has come up in, in during this process. And it feels like I'm burning inside with anger. Not angry at anybody in particular or about anything I don't think um, it feels like if I could do boxing that would sort it out but um, I'm just interested you know why this so much anger has come up and I don't um, I'm, I, I'm not very comfortable with anger no. but I did go back uh-huh. over Jerry I did go back over the that dower assignment we had earlier in the year about anger and that's mm-hmm. helped mm-hmm. well I, I, I think that uh, the the direction that you're going in already is one of interest, right? It's like okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not comfortable, but it's interesting, and I and mm-hmm. I would like to find out more about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so and and it's and it's also interesting, right? As we start to explore it, the clue the clues come to the surface. I mean, my my uh, my way of approaching it would be the same way as the two handed, where. I, I'm in that curiosity, that exploration, that, okay, well, I'm feeling angry. What, what can I say about that? What's it like in my body? What is the energy doing? And because is it really anger or is it just a lot of energy? And in one time, <laughs> at one point, a lot of energy feels like I'm burning with fire. It's joyful and lovely and I could sit forever next to a pond. So then what, why is this energy labeled as anger? Is it really anger? I mean, you could have a conversation that's not noodling. Interview the, interview the experience. Be curious about it, either on the recorder or just, you know, as a koan, in exploration of what this might be. Yeah. That, that really helps because I, I think there's a little bit of fear that I might get stuck in the anger and... And trying to stay with the impermanence of it and being curious about it. So uh, that one, that one, I, I, I didn't hear quite quite clearly. Did you say that there was a, a, a tiny bit of fear about what? I, Get, I didn't catch that. About getting, about getting stuck in the anger, you know. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, well, again, um, you'll find out. And then you'll call in at, in the middle of the night again. <laughs> I will, to be sure. I will, for yes, sure. Yes, right? Yeah. I mean, because that's it, you know. Uh, if, if I'm in the exploration, I can't be in anything but the exploration. Because it, I'm always in inquiry. I can't get stuck. Okay. And if I do, if I hit a roadblock and get super identified, I absolutely know how to get to the context of well-being, as you've just proven, regardless of, of what happens. Okay, thank you. Because I'll always learn something. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Ashwini. That's brilliant. <laughs> thank you. Thank have you very much. Have a good rest of the night. 
Thank you. And thank you, Michael. Good night. You're welcome. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Anne. Ashwini, two things about that. One, I loved that idea of the container expanding and that, mm. you know, I can contain more and more of the expression of life that flows through me. I just love that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Big energy, little energy, bubbly energy, hot energy, whatever the energy is, right? Whatever the life yeah. force is doing. All of yeah. it. Yes. And the second thing is, you know, in the privileged environment here and the intimacy that we share with everybody, you know, we, we hear amazing things. And so reporting back about, the, you know, the next amazing step, I just love that, you know, to find out, you know, what actually did happen with so-and-so in that situation. Um, you know, and doing that in the middle of the night, uh, it's great. Yeah, it's just it's just mob. It's what uh, I think our earlier caller was talking about the intimacy of uh, the the unfolding, the blossoming of authenticity is just amazing yeah. to witness in ourselves and in other people. It's just inspiring. Yes, it is. I think that's why we stick together here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Can't do it alone. That's right. Thank and God. Yes. Yes. Thank God. And we have at least one more caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hello. This is Pasha. From hey, Pasha. Hello, Michael Ashkinit. Um, I'm so happy to be on a call. What a miracle. Mm-hmm. And um, practicing uh, cue and listening to the show, and also um, just sitting in a in a meditation pose during the call, it just uh, brings me to like another level of participation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Say a little bit more about that, Pasha, if that's what you want to talk um, about. Um, it's uh, uh, conditioning always gets me into like well I'm not doing enough or my practice is not perfect (laughs) and uh, I say thank you Um, how can I make it perfect you know I'm on a I'm on a call I'm listening to the recordings I'll I'll just uh, sit down here and uh, in the meditation posture that brings me all my body here. It brings my all attention here and uh, I'm not distracted. I'm not uh, doing dishes while I'm listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, what I love about what you're saying, right, Pasha, is that we, we don't, we're transcending the ego. So first, first, first of all, we recognize it's talking. We say it's not us. Then we don't believe it. And then, and then, when it's when it's saying you're you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, or your practice is not good enough, we actually mm-hmm. stop and let life tell us what we might do uh, that would. If there's any information that we need to know, which is don't get distracted, sit in meditation pose and be here for for your practice for yourself, then we do it, right? Yeah, yeah, Beautiful. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, 
it's uh, it's not because uh, eager. Uh, I want to I want to satisfy eager. I was uh, um, uh, just kind of getting out of that conversation and seeing okay, what is here? What's what's happening? Uh, you know, with my feet. Oh, I can sit cross-legged and uh, you know, upright uh, posture. Um, mm-hmm. And what I also saw uh, recently is um, uh, seeing, uh, I'm not sure, like, kind of like seeing myself, but from outside myself. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's like that uh, picture uh, Sadie was talking about recently uh, where you see the dots and uh, there's some kind of figure appears there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what yeah. I saw, mm-hmm. I saw myself. I saw uh, I saw myself from inside of myself, and so and also I saw Pasha in in this life, and he's going through life, and I'm just seeing him going through life. I'm not inside of him. I don't know how to properly describe it, but uh, but that reminded me of that picture. You can focus on the dots, or you can move your focus and see the picture. And for me, mm-hmm. that's a movement between I'm looking into life through my own eyes, or through the eyes of eager, and getting identified, or I move, and I see Pasha, as if it's not me. Mm-hmm. Yes. What and what? So, referring to that conversation that Cherry was having on a morning show recently about the the, I think she used the, used the hippopotamus, right? Can you see the hippopotamus yeah. among the dots? And we keep looking and looking and looking, and it reveals itself because the lens shifts. It it shows up yeah. because we're in the process of looking, and then you can't you can't make the hippopotamus appear. It just happens, right? And so that shift in perspective yeah. for you is, is, is what you're talking about, where there's the ability to witness the life, um, Pasha in your case, you know, yeah. moving, about, moving about his life versus being identified with being the me and having the identified experience of existence and looking, through life through the, looking at life through the ego lens. And there's a movement that we can make. We can, we can witness. We can be aware yeah, yeah, and and that comes in uh, recording and listening, as I am recording uh, <clears throat> for for that Pasha that is going through life, as I am seeing him from outside, um, and uh, sometimes it's not a clear picture, uh, but uh, from I don't know for some uh, for from that perspective, it's easier to make a recording. And understand him and, and and see him, and then uh, listening to recordings uh, or doing um, uh, left and right hand or like two chair exercise. That's the same movement of uh, focus. I feel like, oh, here I am describing all the blah 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 going on in my life. Or and now I'm on another chair and I see the same problems, but completely from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. The the physical movement on the chair and the light right and left hand movement is that shift in focus, right? One is the witnessing, the conscious, compassionate awareness that witnesses the mentor, 
And then the other is the person having the yeah. experience. And so there's the ability to play both of those or the ability to have those experiences, right, which is a shift in perspective. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, and sometimes, uh, and I hear the voice would say, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work perfectly. You know, sometimes I, I switch the chair or I switch the hand, but I'm still in the same place from where I moved. So it's... Um, mm. it, it's uh, well, and that takes me back. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the movement, even it's physical, it's not uh, it's, it's like guaranteed. There is there is another movement going on to refocus that uh, attention. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, to me, what and that's why we practice, right? Because we practice because we know the feeling, the the sense, the experience of of that shift. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes yeah. we don't have it, and we know that we we know we we are aware of it, not know it. We are aware of it, and so we practice. And it takes me back to what you were mm-hmm. saying about the voice saying, "Okay, well, you don't practice enough," and then stopping to yeah. to basically say, "What is here for me to do?" Right? I could sit on the meditation cushion and listen, and that's the same place. We stop. We don't believe what the yeah. voice is saying. It's not work. It's not. Oh, it hasn't worked. Well, the attention hasn't shifted, <laughs> so let me redirect the attention yeah. till it does, till I make the yeah. movement, rather than, oh, my God, oh, it doesn't work, let me quit and stop practicing, right? Yes, yes, it, 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 takes, uh, it takes a second. And, and what uh, another new thing I saw for myself is uh, I can be in a place in between or holding those two perspectives uh, together somehow. It's like that um, once you see hippopotamus, you still can see the dots. And, and there is movement back and forth, and there is some place in between when, when you can see them both at the same time. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. That's marvelous, yeah, it's, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it's like uh, um, I mean, it, it's like a toy for me was, uh, for a few minutes. Like, uh, yeah. wow. This is amazing, amazing uh, <clears throat> gifts we have in this life where we can shift without any movement between two different uh, life views, two different uh, perspectives. And look, I have a muscle. I can go left, right, or in the middle. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was, it was yeah. like a, a kid playing with, uh, with a new toy, you know, for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what, what that's, that, that's, that's so wonderful, Pasha, and I think what, what that brings us to is we don't need to get locked into any perspective, right? That's sort of, we're uncovering, we're in that place of, I don't know. Well, I, or, I thought there were two perspectives. First of all, I didn't know there were perspectives. Then I, then, then I yep. thought there was the ego perspective and the life perspective, and now there's the witnessing perspective. I mean, it's just that place of wonder and curiosity that allows us to, um, be with the dimensions of life that cannot be defined. And we're just in the process of discovery. And as soon as we get locked into anything or attached to any position, then we lose our ability to have that, 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 um, that place that you're describing where other dimensions of awareness open up for us. Yeah? Yeah, and what a fun place to be. Mm-hmm. To uh, mm-hmm. you know, to to have fun. Yes, 
to have fun. Life knowing itself. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pasha. Thanks for joining us, Pasha. Ashwini, having fun. I've heard that theme recently somewhere around here. I know, and we keep exploring <laughs> it till the end of this week and beyond, yeah. hopefully. Yes, what a gift to hold it all mm-hmm. in fun and presence in that ever-expanding container. And we've come to the end of the hour here, Ashwini, so I want to say thank you very much to you and to all of everybody here with us. Well, thank you, Michael, and thanks, everybody. Go happy. Go happy.